Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. While everybody else is grinding the combine, analyzing every rookie in their 40 time and their body fat percentage and their three cone, we're going to figure out how to win this best ball tournament. The big board on underdog and early NFL best ball championship on drafters or really any other best ball or fantasy football tournament that is out right now. There are some strategies, both myself and Rob have got at the top of our minds that we think can take us to the top of these tournaments. Pretty excited to break those down, and then we'll hop into a big board draft to put them into practice. I'm just really glad you're not making us do a spike week combine. I don't want people seeing me do like the five-cone drill and know my body fat percentage and... Although uh, me catching footballs used to be a thing of beauty, is what I will say. I find that hard to believe. Um, but this is coming from someone who played defensive back and has dealt with the <laughs> typical, oh, that's why you play DB, right? That's what that's everybody says. He can't catch. You, the, if you can't catch, you play you know, corner or safety. If you can't catch, you play wide receiver. And I played, I played DB. So maybe I'm just a little uh, s- salty about the whole catching passes thing. But I have found... This just like this whole week to be to be funny. I am very into the whole prospect, you know, evaluation. I love it's it's a lot of fun looking at the new rookies. Um, I watch a lot of college football and all that, so I love. I think it's it's great to dive into all that. But I feel like this year, with the emergence of best ball in these early best ball tournaments, the world <laughs> is like losing their minds over being, uh, you know, scouts and. And breaking down all these rookies to a degree that we've probably never, never seen before. And I think what gets lost at this time of the year, we'll definitely talk about it and others will over the course of the summer when we have best ball mania and DraftKings tournaments and all of that is most of the conversation right now seems to be literally just this player or that player or this rookie or that rookie or and that's fine. That, that's all well and good. But I think 
there's a lot of strategies we can implement, like from a roster construction perspective or, you know, typical zero RB or one we'll talk about today, late round quarterback or early quarterback or right elite tight. All that conversation seems doesn't happen at this time of year. And it might be more important right now because honestly, we can pretend that we know every, you know, we know a lot about these players. We can guess where Aaron Rodgers is going to land up land. We can guess about who the best rookies are going to be, but it does. We don't really know. We don't really know that much, but what we do know is what our opponents are doing. And we do know, you know, what the player pool looks like and how we can construct teams, especially within 20 rounds. And so I thought it was important to dive into a little bit of that around the big board in these early tournaments, because I think that's really where our edge, like our biggest edge. It's not that we don't have an edge and maybe some of the rookie stuff and, 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 and all of that, but I think we have pretty big edges in some of these other spaces. And that's probably what we should be focused on rather than should you draft, you know, uh, there's conversation in the discord right now. Should you draft Cortland Sutton or, Kadarius Tony. Like honestly, it doesn't really matter. You know, should you draft AT Perry or Cedric Tillman with your last pick? Like uh, I don't know, flip a coin. But there's some other things I think that actually provide a distinct edge and um hopefully we can uh, find some good ones. Today. Can we add to our tools a coin for people to flip so <laughs> that so that whenever they're like in these situations it's like flip this coin and then like <laughs> my face will be on one side and your face will be on the other. I think that's, that's a great, the way we do it. That's a great that, that is a that is a phenomenal idea. This will be the yeah, the player selection tool, right? We're all tools about all these other things, roster construction, but we do need to provide people, you know, some really quality insight on how do you decide between these two players? And it's pretty much always just flip a fucking coin. <laughs> <Just flip laughs> a coin. That that's I mean, that's what it boils down to, right? Do you, so oh, yeah. we're gonna get into these strategies real quick, just not that I want to dive deep into the rookie thing. It's more mm-hmm. so the other side. It's do you think people are more in on rookies this year than in the past? Because it feels like there's a lot more dusty veterans like than in years past, like a lot of the running backs. It might be just because of some of the uncertainty with them. So I think people are just like naturally gravitating that way because of all the other uncertainty. Usually people feel safe with those type of players. Right. And they're not safe with the rookies. And it's like, well, if I'm not safe with anybody, then I guess I'll go younger is kind of what I think some people are doing this year, particularly. It's definitely a good question because I think in years past, A, the the whole best ball space has clearly come very, very far. And in years past, we just had kind of the wash, rinse, repeat veteran guys that you could argue maybe got a little too discounted at this point in the season when – you know, some of the rookies and, and all, and all of that came about, but I think it was a little less. So, right. We just locked in kind of the same guys who went in the first three or four rounds every single year. Right. Yep. We had to argue against Leonard Fournette and James Connor and those guys last year. Cause we just said, Oh my God, look how awesome they were last year. Let's plop them in the second, third round. We're good to go. The field is much more hip. I think to a lot of these issues this year, it's, it's also very unique. I mean, Kamara might be in jail, you know, like uh, yeah. uh, there's, there's some, you know, Fournette just got cut, right? There's a lot of, of issues. We've talked about it before with the veteran, particularly running backs, but some of the receivers too. I mean, a lot of the elite uh, air quotes, elite receivers are getting older mm-hmm. as well. And so people like, how do you kind of get a, you know, on the opposite side of those guys? 
at this point in the year, it's the rookies because you can, I mean, draft, pick a rookie. We can pipe dream about the upside for them, right? Because it's a total mystery box. I mean, they could literally not play a snap the whole year, or we can tell ourselves they're Justin Jefferson or, you know, we can, you know, or Ken Walker or whatever. It's so easy to pipe dream about the rookies. So I think, of course, I'm still drafting rookies. No, no one is saying not to, but I think probably if we really looked at it from a macro level, the overall rookie class might be a little overvalued right now relative to, to maybe what they should be. And I think that's that's something we can take advantage of. I agree. Can't wait to draft Jarvis Landry in this draft. That's that's oh what this God. all boils down to. Taking it a little too far the other <laughs> way. I think that's that's kind of like the people who uh, wouldn't give up on Gronk last year. It's like Gronk announced his <laughs> retirement and you'd hop in, you know, every other draft, someone would still take him in the 12th round. It's like, he's not retiring. He's coming back to play. Like the guy's doing commercials. He lost like 40 pounds and people are still, <laughs> people are still drafting, drafting Gronk. But the, the, the onesie position thing, I think is one of the big keys that we should talk about today before we, we get into a draft. I'm going to start with the quarterback side. Like I kind of like, <laughs> sorry, this got me, uh, Felix, you know, he, he had a million dollars to burn. So he figured let's just throw it away on, uh, Rob Gronkowski. But the quarterback thing is super interesting to me. We, we knew this was coming. We, you and I, and, and others spent <laughs> the last six or nine months or whatever talking about how, how the quarterback prices are going to just be totally different than we've seen in 10 years or something like that. And that's mm-hmm. exa- absolutely what's happening. I think it's a little bit similar to the the rookie thing that we talked about with there's so much uncertainty at this time of the year with rookies, with free agents, with right. There's, I mean, technically we don't even know like where Saquon Barkley is going to get going to, going to, going to end up like Joe Mixon could get cut Alvin. <laughs> we don't know what's yeah. up with Alvin Kamara, et cetera. So the quarterbacks are just the certainty at the top of draft. So I do think that pushes them up a little bit. I suspect they might fall a smidge over the course of the season when we actually know who's playing on what team and where rookies got drafted and all of that. But where these, all of these elite guys are going and then even where that next tier of guys are going, I, 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 I can't believe that like, people are still just jamming the elite quarterbacks to this level. I really think that right now, maybe this won't be the case in the summer for best ball mania or whatever right now. Like I just be hammering late round quarterback. Like there's because you have the same things you can pipe dream about with all the rookies and free agents and everything at the other positions with Mm -hmm. a whole lot more certainty. Like, Bryce Young is not the level of risk that a running that, you know, a non Bijan running back prospect is. He's going to be the top quarterback picked. He's going to get to play (laughs) like he's will he be good? I have no idea. You know, he's apparently like the size of one of my dogs. So that's a small concern. But he you know, you don't have any concerns about him playing or any of that. And he goes really late for like uh, uh, a, a relatively elite level NFL prospect. And even the other guys who. Look, I'm not really a very big CJ Stroud fan. I've also made it known I'm not a Will Levis fan. I do like Anthony Richardson, but it it set aside your personal beliefs about those players, you know, as as prospects. We probably have four quarterbacks going in the first round, and like three of them are free, and the number one overall pick is like really not very expensive. And quarter, but but the quarterback position is crazy expensive, 
Yeah. Right. People are t- taking guys at the one, two turn and uh, right, wrong or indifferent. We're not here to argue that. But if our, all of our opponents are spending more than they've ever spent at those positions and we have the concerns around running back, right? The whole middle rounds are littered with these landmines of running backs and probably some landmines of wide receivers. So how do we avoid that? It's by smashing all the superstars, who we yeah. feel, right? Like you don't feel bad about Jamar Chase. You don't feel bad about even like Devonte Adams. He's going to be, he's Devonte freaking Adams. He's going to be fine. You know, he, Jonathan Taylor has fallen a little bit. Tell me what has really changed drastically from when Jonathan Taylor was in the one-on-one discussion last year to, to now there are changes, but he's still Jonathan freaking Taylor in a, probably a better position than he was in maybe the last two years. There's all these guys. I, I think that our edge right now in the very this limited small time span is all these like taking shots on these guys, right? Obviously, I'm drafting Trey Lance. If you don't like Lance, there's like a myriad of all these later, later guys. And you can find ways to mix and match them really well. Like say take three of three of these guys and fit the like kind of like Lance. Um, I know Pat Corrine has concerns about like Lance maybe losing that job later in the year. But you also now have no concerns about Lance playing for the first at least what, you know, eight to 10 weeks or something like that, unless the Niners just lose a bunch of games. And so you have this really high upside quarterback that goes pretty cheap. You can pair him with you want to take the Rodgers or Carr thing, which is a pretty, you know, not high upside, but comfy pick at their cost. You want to toss in Bryce Young. You want to toss in Will Levis or Anthony Rich. Like you can pair all of these. And it's like literally all the archetypes that we want and you blend them all together and you can get the superstars at the positions where there's no, this is the absolute peak level of uncertainty and risk around those other positions. And I can just win running back and wide receiver and probably tight end and still have like legit upside at quarterback. It's not like August where when we're talking about late round, it's like Mac Jones and, you know, yeah. and like Jimmy yeah. G and those guys in August and September right now, there's real upside back there. So that's, that's been my, probably my biggest takeaway so far in the big board and, and on drafters as well. So I'm sort of the same, but with a little bit of a variation on that, where we're talking about the quarterback position and we knew that they were going to push up like, you know, the Mahomes and the Hertz and the Allen. I'm, shocked at how much some of these other guys have been pushed up and you're seeing like burrow go super early like like so to me i'm almost taking like we talk about drafting with a barbell approach like your your teams i'm almost drafting quarterbacks with like a barbell approach where like occasionally i'm going to take one of the top three guys in the second round because i think their value over a guy that's only a round or two behind them is so much greater right so if I yes. don't get one of those three guys, then I'm just definitely going strictly late round quarterback is my approach. Uh, but to your point, if I don't, it, this feels so gross to say based on the way that we typically draft when I don't leave the first or second round right now with a running back, I'm <laughs> like, Oh, it's tough sledding on this team. Probably most likely, you know, like, so yeah, if you're stacking like a Stefan Diggs and a Josh Allen, it does feel like you're giving up a ton but I still like taking the approach of drafting the top three guys and kind of just not taking the Joe Burrows and the Trevor Lawrence's right. of the world as much as I want to. It's not that I don't, it's not that we don't want them. It's like that cost. It's just, it's just so, Oh my God. It, it hurts the soul to see. It's like Burrow and Lawrence they're They're great. But you know where they're going in these drafts. It's like, eh, eh. 
and 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 Herbert again. Like I know he's he, there's at least a couple rounds difference between Herbert and the elite guys, but like I don't know how I, Justin Herbert is an incredible real life football player. Same thing with yeah. Bur- Burrow is one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. I think he's probably maybe until this year when some of the idiot talking heads were like saying he's already better than Mahomes. Those guys should you know be banned from sports media. But maybe up until that point, he was probably a little underrated for just how good he actually is at real life NFL football. But what more do we need to see, particularly from a guy like Herbert to say, like, we, we just can't keep spending fourth round picks on, on, on this guy. You know what I mean? There are some of the best wide receivers and running backs in the NFL, or at least from a fantasy perspective, the most upside, right. Outside of, you know, the, the first round is just very different than everywhere else, particularly this year, but you get in that second through fourth, fifth round, those top QBs go off the board. Like I can't be, I, I just can't. And I, maybe I'll be wrong about Justin Fields. I can't believe just like, why is Justin Fields go in the thirties and, you know, like ahead of Lamar Jackson, you know, like, and I'm not really particularly drafting Lamar either because of a lot of this, what we're talking about here, but I just feel like exactly what you said, everybody from Burrow almost to like, even still through like Dak, but definitely through Lawrence. There's Burrow, Fields, Lamar, Herbert, Lawrence. You could maybe make a case for for Lamar um, and his upside being warranted up there, and I think that that's generally fair. Although all the reports coming out of Baltimore just today uh, don't make you don't give you the warm and fuzzies about Lamar even going back there. If every player seems to hate <laughs> everything about the Ravens, um, but. I, I I totally agree with you that if I'm going to spend one of those premium picks, top five round pick or something like that, just do it in the second with 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 Mahomes, Allen or Hertz. Don't do it in the third with Joe Burrow. Right. Yeah. Because like you said, the gap between them, the gap between what they are as fantasy assets is not wide enough in ADP. The ADP does not represent what the actual what the actual gap is. And that, but that's also what I feel about the late round quarter when you start to match all this up and you say, well, there's late round quarterbacks that are going to be the the Daniel Jones and the Tua's and the and Lawrence of last year. Though there are it's going to happen. Like that these guys are going to pop up. Do I know who it's going to be? Like it could be Will Levis. I think he sucks. I could be wrong. It could be Will Levis and he ends in a great spot and he runs a little more and blah, blah, blah. But those guys are going to pop up and it's like, I'm I'm drafting rookie wide receivers later there who like, again, I could tell myself this, right? It's like, what was it family guy or what was it? It It's like, what's in the, you know, I'm going to take the mystery box, you know, it's like, cause it could be anything, you know? And it's like, but like I, I I don't need that level of mystery of Cedric Tillman, right? Or even the guys that people like. Like I really like Zay Flowers. I really like Josh Downs and and that. But like we're paying a cost for for the hype of the receivers and the running backs. And I mean, look, look I, I I think back to the damn trap that I fell in last year. Like look at a guy like Kyron Williams. At this point, he he. Last year, he ended up testing, you know, he's literally, I think I could run the 40 still at 34 faster than he ran it at the combine last year. He just tested horribly. So he, he totally tanked, but we were certain that he was a good, he was a good, like 11th round pick last year was like the general sentiment that he went there the whole time until the combine. And then look, but look what happens. He is, he and many other guys, Isaiah Spiller, Isaiah Spiller was everybody loved. 
Isaiah could even be a boat. Yes, exactly. Family guy. Thank you. Boat is a boat, but the mystery box could be anything. Thank you. Even a boat. Exactly. That's 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 what the, the rookies are right now. And that's okay. I want the mystery box too, because the mystery box could be could be a boat. But I I don't want to like ignore the context of all these drafts, which is like there's a mystery box of the quarterbacks, but the floor, right? There's gonna be something in that box. Right. Is it awesome or is it, you know, something from the dollar store? I don't know. But there could be literally nothing in the box of the rookie wide receivers and and the running backs. We just have an overconfidence in those those prospects at those positions and the hit rates. You know, think about the hit rates for real life football and how low they are. You could hit in real life football on one of those players and they still suck for fantasy. (laughs) That happens all the time. So um, I just think it's a really, really distinct edge. Um, And we could probably we could probably do it at tight end. Too, I think people are pushing up a lot of uh, uh, tight ends that don't deserve to. Dawson Knox again. I don't know. I don't. I, I assume it's just the Bill stacks. People want to get Bill stacks, and so Dawson Knox is the guy that they love to take. But like, why does Dawson Knox go whatever in the ninth round again? And we have rookies, and you know, I know people hate rookie tight ends, but we have really good rookie tight end prospects and some other guys, whether they are free agents or guys who have free agents on their team or opportunity is going to be there for some late round tight ends. It's like, dude, just let me load up with three quarterback, three tight end teams. If you want to throw a fourth on by all means. And then like, I don't have to worry about like Darius Slayton. (laughs) And like, I I don't want to worry about those guys. I can get upside from the quarterbacks and tight ends and get the best running back and wide receiver rooms in every draft. I'm in. I think that the tight end thing goes back to like regular fantasy football too, where, everyone's in like a a home league and you watch some of the people that you draft with. And I'm not saying it's everyone that's drafting right now, but I still think people have this mentality where like they need their starting lineup. So like, they're like in that headspace, like I have four running backs. I have, you know, five wide receivers. I have a quarterback. I don't have a tight end. I need to get that tight end. And I know it's like level one thinking, but I still think people in their brain do that. Not all of us, of course, probably not most of the people in this chat, but a lot of people are still drafting that just draft for fun. And they're like, well, I need a tight end. Dawson Knox, he's, he caught some touchdowns at the end of the season. I'll <laughs> grab Dawson Knox, right? And for me, it's like, yeah, I'll just take four tight ends, especially like in these big board drafts where we're getting 20 picks. Like, give me four tight ends like towards the end, and I'll just, you know, close my eyes, throw a dart, and hope that one of these guys is hitting week 15, 16, 17 next year. So I we got to remember who we're drafting with sometimes. Like, yes, smarter people probably earlier, but there's still people that are doing this for fun. Yeah, Andrew brings up. I, 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 to be clear, I'm still not a fan of the four tight end thing, but I, with 20 picks, with the way that ADP has, has kind of played itself out so far, I, man, like I, I have definitely taken a few, I haven't drafted very many big boards to be totally clear. Um, but I'm going to draft some more here, you know, definitely before it fills. And I, I think I might just jam like pretty much all late round quarterback, late round tight end. And, you know, if, if it fails, it fails, whatever. But I would be willing to take that fourth one in this, as opposed to the summer when we get to 18 rounds, like I definitely don't really want to be taking that. And, and there's just, the landscape changes once we know where everybody's playing, once we know where every rookie got picked, right, right? Where all the free agents land, it just changes even more so than just 18 rounds. So, um, 
couple comments I wanted I wanted to hit on while we're talking about some of the quarterbacks and such sacrilegious says, can someone explain to me how the ceiling case for Lawrence is any different than the guys who go five rounds later, like Dak, Tua, et cetera? I would say um, the, the ceiling, the, the, I, I think the argument is more that the median case is like really similar for yeah. like Lawrence probably projects almost the same as that from a from a a median projection standpoint to Dak Tua and those guys there. I do think, you know, you're paying for a ceiling that's probably pretty unlikely, but I think the step forward he made in terms of real life NFL football last year, the situation is about as good as any quarterback can have. It is way better than Dak than Dak's situation. And, you know, well, I don't know about Tua. It's about the same. The weapons are awesome. Ingram is getting franchised. So they, I mean, they got yeah. everything back and added Travis, uh, uh, Travis Ridley, Calvin, Calvin Ridley, Ridley. Yep. Calvin Ridley. Um, it's a, it's a loaded situation with a great coaching staff. And so the ceiling case is like, he's a top five real life NFL quarterback. And he's like, you know, like, like Burrow, basically he would be like, like Burrow. So I think he deserves to go ahead of those guys, but I, I mean, I haven't drafted him yet. So I totally agree with the premise that you're paying for this kind of like really low end, outcome where he is that good um and i'm not sure that uh, you know it's definitely not worth that cost to me and where do you see these jaguars prices in about two months (laughs) people love them some jaguars um which is really funny because we'll we'll go over a lot of the offseason so this this is what happened a little bit maybe more so with running backs but it definitely happens with wide receivers too right where people will when it makes sense argue about well how many targets is he going to get? He's playing with, you know, Stefan Diggs, right? How can you draft Gabe Davis? He's got Diggs, you know, he's got these other guys. How many targets is he actually going to get? And then we'll do the opposite. Well, look, look how talented the Jaguars. Look at the upside of Calvin Ridley. Look at the upside of, you know, of Evan Ingram. Look at the, it's like, well, they have probably more target competition and more uncertainty around, around, you know, the pecking order and everything like that. So it's funny to see that play out sometimes how, how the fantasy community kind of goes back and forth on, on some of those situations. And they definitely love the Jaguars. Yeah. I think we predicted this towards the middle of last year where we knew that the Jaguars were just going to be so steamed up and it's, it's, it's happened faster than I anticipated is what I will say. I thought this was going to be like uh they start sort of middle, but people were just already on it. And it's just, you know, you get Evan Ingram back today and it's just, it's going to be tough to get any of the Jaguars. It's going to be a reverse for me, probably, where I was in on the Jaguars passing game last year, yeah. but out on ETN. I'm probably going to be drafting more ETN than anybody on the Jaguars this year because I think his value <laughs> is going to be better. Like, But that's that's the way I look at these things. Like, I'm looking at, like, what is my best value in this spot? Also, have you had the Elixir of the Gods yet? This Which is the Elixir is, of the Gods. This is the um, Sour Apple Gatorade. Sour Apple Gatorade. So yeah. sour apple is very inch- are you a big sour apple guy because it's one of those to me that I really like it in very small doses. Yes. Like very small doses. So you can't have more than like a glass or half a glass of this and it tastes exactly like the Jolly Rancher, the Green Apple Jolly Rancher, but it is amazing and I also cannot wait to mix it with vodka. <laughs> 
I'm trying to uh, cut the cut down. I think I consumed enough vodka in Nashville to uh, oh, my God. Uh, kill a small village uh, or a herd of elephants or something. Yeah, like our so. our table had quite a few <laughs> vodka glasses on it after that night. There's there's also. Um, which I don't remember a lot of, but there is also a, a bunch of uh, photos that uh, I won't mention some of the photos that uh, you share with me that, uh, that, that I also took uh, towards the end of the night, which it doesn't have anything to do with you, you and I, but I'm not going to out anybody uh, who did some funny things, but uh, my wife is taking uh, pictures for close, like kind of the end of the Super Bowl when we were still at the first bar. And uh, it's literally nothing but us doing shots. It's like every picture is, a, is a, every picture is a new group of people cheersing or whatever um, for you know two hours. So, uh, needless to say, yeah, that was a rough, uh, a rough Monday. Was the it, it, anything else kind of before we start to get into a Jeff? The the big two things definitely that stuck out to me were um, the quarterback thing and the tight end thing, which is really just a microcosm of the player pool, right? Because we talked about how many issues there are with the running backs and even some wide receivers like dude once you get past the first it's almost like the first three rounds like even you dip into that fourth round you already start to feel uncomfortable with some of those guys you know there are guys we like but you start to feel uncomfortable and so i want to get as kind of as as much talent at running back and wide receiver as i can in those areas where it still exists and then we have to take scratch off lottery tickets we have to take mystery boxes i think we can do it smartly at the onesie positions a little bit, a little bit better, but is there anything else you've been kind of seeing or implementing that uh, you think is a decent edge in these? No, I think it's the year of the onesie position and how you attack that. Like, it's just, it's to me so different than the last few years in terms of the way things are, are breaking with these positions. So how you approach that is, so let's just flip to this side. Are you ever, so we're talking about maybe going elite quarterback sometimes. I'm never going elite tight end. I'm never grabbing Kelsey, like because I just want the other guys around him. Mm -hmm. Like so, I I'm not grabbing Travis Kelsey. So I'm always going like late round tight end for the most part. I mm -hmm. maybe I'll grab a Kyle Pitts here and there. Yeah, I'm not going out of my way to do it though. Like it has to make sense and. Yeah, I think most of my teams have been late round tight end, like three or four just dart throws at the end. Whereas like the other one, I, I'll take a Mahomes, I'll take an Allen, I'll take a Hertz here and there. So I guess that's I'll, the way I'm looking at it. I also think tight end might be even, I don't want to say more so, but it, it might be more so um, than quarterback where I, I, I think it's kind of really inefficiently priced. Like um, when when I do our rankings at Spike Week, I adjust, I, I try to as much as possible adjust for ADP. So like there will be guys who I literally won't draft that maybe are actually like if I just, you know, hand, hand wrote my rankings, guys would be lower. And I kind of try to balance it out because if you don't balance it out, right, then you have guys who are going in the 20th round, you have like eight rounds higher than ADP or whatever. And I don't want that necessarily um, if people are going to look at the rankings, but I think tight end is probably where like, Dude, I, I don't really get it. I, I don't really get why. I know people are scared of the rookies, but Michael Meyer is like like closer to a Kyle Pitts level tight end prospect. I know that's crazy. We need to see the athleticism. Maybe he'll be big and slow and and um we that I, you know, that'll be a foolish statement. But in terms of production and everything like that, he really is kind of closer to a Kyle Pitts level level prospect. 
and nobody wants to draft him. <laughs> nobody wants to draft him. And Dalton Kincaid is everybody's favorite rookie tight end because he is a really good receiver and whatnot. But he, he's getting all this hype, and and he's he's not very expensive. There's other rookies. We just saw. I don't really like the Bucks given no Tom Brady. We just saw Cam Brake get cut. Kate Otten is totally free. Dalton Schultz might be gone from the Cowboys. Uh, we don't know who the next guy is, but whoever the next guy is is going to be good for fantasy because mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz isn't very good in real life football, and he's been awesome for fantasy. Like uh, I'm just throwing names, Jelani Woods or pick a Colts tight end. None of them get drafted in the top 200 picks. <laughs> you know, like Isaiah Likely. Uh, uh, if you like, uh, some people have talked about liking Jawan Johnson in New Orleans. Um, Trey McBride was the number one tight end in Arizona down the stretch. Maybe he just dusts Zach Ertz, right? There's just name after name after name where I'm like, I don't know. These guys all have a bunch of upside. Are we going to hit on all of them? No, that's the issue with late round tight ends, of course. But I think relative to upside and everything, tight ends are probably the most inefficiently priced because people are paying similar to quarterback in that mid tier. You're pay- you're way overpaying for like a, a comfort level. Like you said, ah, I got to the 10th round. I don't have a tight end. It's like, all right, let's just take Dawson Knox because I feel I know Dawson Knox is going to play, going to catch a few touchdowns. But like just because you need the tight end doesn't mean you have to draft the tight end if the landscape doesn't shake out that way. And I think there's just so many names. Like I said, so and with 20 rounds, you want to take four. Definitely I'm taking three tight ends in most drafts. You're, you're probably going to have relatively decent production from one of them. And, you know, God forbid you hit on two or three and you're just going to dust the field at tight end spending very, very little on the position. Yeah, and when we go down to 18 picks, four tight ends is probably going to be a 1% thing maybe for me somewhere around that landscape. But with the, with the 20 picks, when you're starting to draft guys like um, the, the future son of Julio Jones, because there's just no (laughs) names left, right? Like you're just like, all right, well, I guess, I guess I'll take this tight end. And just, cause I know he's going to, he's going to at least like fall down on the field at some point. (laughs) So, yeah, no, I think I think that's the stuff that people really need to be looking at is is these onesie positions and how they're approaching. And we're you guys are going to hear about it all off season, not even yes. just from us. I'm imagining. I'm imagining that like it's going to be an industry wide thing. Um, but we had it here first, is what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. But like, if you look at the chat right now, it's the perfect example of of the tight end thing. Like, again, not all these guys are going to hit. Everybody probably has their own favorite flavor, right? It's a little Baskin-Robbins. Tight end is a little bit of Baskin-Robbins. There's a lot of dudes back there. Everybody has their own flavor that they prefer. Ferguson, Luke Musgrave, and Waller isn't a a late guy. But shit, Darren Waller round nine or whatever. It's not Danny McBride, but uh, uh, Trey Trey McBride, right? Uh, uh, Oconquo is back there. And Joku's not necessarily late, but again, Jelani, everybody's just throwing out their favorite guy. We haven't even hit half the list and everybody has a different favorite. So that it just tells you how the volume of guys back there that do offer upside and value, you know, obviously if they hit, there's a uncertainty around that. But like we said, once you get into like round four, dude, there's uncertainty <laughs> everywhere at this time. So how can you navigate the uncertainty to kind of create an edge simply through roster construction? Everybody, again, everybody has to draft mystery boxes. How can you do it in a way that offers you just as much upside as everybody else, but you're maybe baking in some floor you're baking in, you know, maybe late season, right? You draft some of these rookies at the quarterback and tight end position. They also have 
the ability to everybody talks about it with like running backs coming on late in the season for rookies. It could be the same for quarterbacks and definitely for tight ends too. Trey McBride just did it. Isaiah likely just did it by the end of the season. They're getting out there. Isaiah likely and Trey McBride both popped late in the season. That could happen again at the tight end position. So I just think it's the best way to kind of really construct your rosters. And then it gives you that flexibility. You know, we don't have to have the zero RB wars. We don't have to have, do you want to, do you want to just load up on some early running backs and then come back to your wide receivers? Go ahead. You want to go zero RB? Go ahead. This allows you to do it. The late round quarterbacks and the late round tight ends allow you to do whatever the hell you want at running back and wide receiver. And you're going to be strong. You're going to be strong at those two positions, no matter how you slice it. Congrats to Brian Adams for being one of the first people to see say that he could see David and Joko going crazy this year. So the football cycle is now complete. We have said everything that you're supposed to say to start the football year with an Njoko thing. Um, the other thing with the tight end, just real quick, throw out Travis Kelsey last year. And I think there was one game that Evan Ingram outscored every tight end from the rest of the league combined, right? Like that's how bad the position was. So that's why you want to take the shot at the late round tight ends because in a vacuum, it doesn't matter, right? Until it mm -hmm. matters week 17. So just get yourself the most shots of it mattering is the way that I kind of look at that. It's just the position is so God awful. So bad. It is funny. I know it's a, it's a very good, we'll clip that for me saying you can simply win through roster construction, but it is kind of funny because that's mostly bullshit during the actual draft cycle, which is why I like to, to make fun of it. Obviously you, you have a, a at any time, if you're a good drafter, you have a, a relative edge in, in roster construction. But at the end of the day, Nowadays, pretty much everybody knows how to construct construct rosters, right? Everybody knows how to draft a zero RB team. Everybody that isn't paying the rake, right? The people who don't know how to construct a team, right? The people that draft six quarterbacks, every game, every peer to peer gambling thing has somebody paying the rake. That's just kind of how it goes, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's 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 why a lot of people talk about going to the the places where the competition is weak, is because there's more people paying the rake and on underdog is the fewest people especially drafting in february and march pretty much everybody you get into a draft with generally speaking knows how to construct a team where i think we can gain an edge from roster construction which is what nobody actually ever talks about is how do you get right it's not just i, I have an edge in structure okay how like specifically what are you doing with your roster construction that gives you an edge and nobody ever can really answer that i think this these roster construction edges will not be the case when we're streaming in June, July, August, because the landscape is different in a big board pre freaking pre combine tournament than it is, you know, in best ball mania and how you can gain an edge through structure is not just draft. Oh, I drafted two quarterbacks and, you know, seven running backs, whatever. I think late round, specifically the late round onesie positions is a structural edge in this one it's not just drafting three quarterbacks right it's not just doing zero running back or whatever i don't give a shit if you prefer zero running back or robust running back i think that they can both be edges because the edge is not in that structure the edge is in the market is wrong about how they're attacking quarterbacks and tight ends right the edge is because our opponents are doing something wrong not because we're constructing rosters like everybody else we're actually constructing rosters the opposite of how most of our opponents are doing it no, I completely agree with that. We should jump into a draft and yeah, show everybody. We should win this tournament on March 2nd. Um, and then every year reconvene and win this tournament on March 2nd. <laughs> That's the way we should do this. It, we, it, it would uh, 
see it would here. really be something that we could uh push be like hey the march 2nd draft's coming up and you the know march what happens 2nd. every year on march 2nd we win the big board all right that, that, see i like that plan better than the plan i put in place last year which was not make the finals on underdog at all that was a that was, not <laughs> a very, that was not a great plan yeah i didn't i didn't make the best while mania finals made all the other finals and then uh and then, I'm still t- I'm still tilting the finals. I'll be yeah. perfectly honest with you. Three, <laughs> yeah. three like totally healthy, fully live, good matchups and everything. <laughs> loaded teams on on DraftKings in some of the higher, you know, smaller field stuff. Like literally the finals I wanted to make and everything. And then um, the Jags, right? The Jags rested everybody. You know, they pulled all the starters in the second quarter. Hertz ended up not playing. You know, there was just an absolute shit show in week 17 that uh, it's going to take a while to get over it looks like we're drafting with a lot of newbies in this draft i only see 137 red badges <laughs> uh, let's see one two three four five six oh my god seven yeah <laughs> and definitely a lot of names that i that i know i i do kind of like that we got the 10 spot because um the end Check of round no. one is well, I, it's because it's kind of tough. Um, once it's you all get I've been getting the first whatever, right? You're getting into. I, I still feel pretty comfortable with Devonte, but you could make a case that even Devonte and Diggs are not that cozy. But mm-hmm. I feel okay about them. But it's like, of course, I don't dislike AJ Brown or CD or or JT Bijan, etc. But like, like you talked about a lot last year, it's like. I'm just kind of taking them because I don't know who else to take as opposed to, you know, like just give me all the Cooper cup. I love Cooper cup. I want him on my teams, whatever. It feels like I'm just taking the guys that are there because there's, I don't know. I don't really have anything uh, that, that jumps out to be there. You know, like I, I really do like Bijan and them, but it's not like, I'm not like pounding the table for anybody there specifically. Yeah. CD lamb is just that guy that is always going to be at that, you know, 11, 12, 13 spot. He's never going to move up, never going to move down. One of those situations. Yep. I want to start. See, I wanted to draft from the front because I haven't been getting a lot of the front end drafts. And I just kind of wanted to see what we could construct together through that. Um, Because I do think that the one, two, and three can be interesting conversations with Jefferson, Chase, and McCaffrey. Ooh, Bijan goes four overall. M jerky, show yourself. Are you are you in here? It's hard to find people higher on Bijan than me, but I see every draft I get into, someone takes him in like the top five or something. I love Bijan. Bijan over Cooper Cup feels rich to <laughs> rich to me. Very rich. Who do you think well, we'll talk about it in a second? And I don't I don't want to get into this conversation too too deep, but <laughs> um We'll talk about it. Let's let's go through our picks after Herzig takes uh, Alvin Kamara here at the nine overall. <laughs> Tough day for Herzig. Lenny got uh, Lenny <laughs> got cut, and um, Kamara might be going to prison. Like just tough for the the guys that uh, people have been drafting for a long time. So it's definitely Devonte here for me, but I'm willing to do something different as well if you prefer. No, I think it's Devonte. I mean, but it's the one of the two top wide receivers that are left. Um, and I don't think AJ Brown's down far enough on the draft on the draft board to pick him to try to get like a slightly unique combination, right? Obviously, right. Mm-hmm. 
So that's I, I do think you I can do at. what will what will you know. I don't think you have to force it too much just quite yet because I do think we're going to get you know once the combine goes through and we start to get a little more about maybe where some guys land. ADP will shake up a little bit, but you know, you could do something like Amon Ra and Waddle or Amon yeah. Ra and Garrett Wilson or something. Cause you're, you're never going to get, going to get that. I, I don't really love Saquon. I know some people are still really high on Saquon. I don't really love it. I, it might be Garrett Wilson for me here. I could be talked into T. I don't know what, what you prefer. Um, You're not, I, I like Garrett a lot. I like Garrett Wilson a ton this year. So let's do, let's do, let's do Garrett Wilson. And uh, just because I, I do like the goddamn mystery box, but there's a little a little mystery box upside to these two guys both. Like, if let's say let's say in this scenario, Rogers goes to Vegas and like Carr goes to the Jets, you're like total Yahtzee. I mean, you know, that's this that's is what we want. Total with this Yahtzee team, for sure. Because Devante's, it can't be the other Devante's way. It's not like cars going to the Raiders, right? Right. <laughs> but that—that's what you're playing. That—that's what you're playing for, obviously, in this. And and you have outs. You know, um, Rodgers can go to the Jets, and someone else can go to the Raiders. That still is is fine for Devontae. But like the total stone cold nuts between these two guys, and I do like kind of pairing things like that, right? Um, what are your free agent or rookie, and then draft accordingly, as if that situation played out. So where we're talking about like these mid-round quarterbacks and guys that actually might be undervalued a little bit, and we brought up Lamar, are you looking at a team like this where you're starting Devontae Adams and Garrett Wilson being like, this is the Lamar team because there's two outs right there. Maybe he, I mean, the Jets are the one that he's more so talked about, but the Raiders could be a dark horse for him to go to if they're going to yeah. freaking pay him. Um, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but. Now that we've started Devontae Adams and Garrett Wilson, we have two outs for Lamar. Would you be interested in doing something like that, or are you still out on the quarterback at that spot? I mean, I'm I'm definitely not. Lamar is the one guy that I think you can make a case for in that in that tier because I I think he's the one who actually has the upside to to be with the Hertzes and Mahomes and stuff. Um, I still don't totally love it. Uh, there is a relative risk as well for him with just the fact that we don't know where we don't know where he's playing if he goes back to baltimore they don't really have a lot of outs to upgrade their wide receivers you know there's no good free agents i guess they can get a rookie but like how much is you know like a second round rookie gonna totally change the landscape of their of their offense and so he'll be fine um but i definitely think you would i think you want to do it smartly with lamar like you said let's let's play out lamar to the jets low probability but if it happens, you know, it's it's total wheels up for Lamar. I mean, he would just crush on the Jets. Um, I also like Lamar to the Falcons a little bit, um, running him with with Pitts or London, because uh, I think that's like a super dreamy fit. I mean, Arthur Smith tried to do it with Marcus Mariota, and Mariota was like Fine. not the stone worst fantasy quarterback, even though he's horrible in real life. Yeah. Uh Lamar imagine Lamar trying to do that. Like he would absolutely dominate. The fastest he ran, honestly, is when he left the team. Yeah, yeah. That, is, that is that is definitely true. Him and Derek Carr were racing out the doors. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna be on the clock here. Are we just are we just doing it? We're just grabbing I, the top here. I do like ETN. I'm I'm all for it. See, this is this is part of I know taking three skill guys in the first three or four rounds is not anything groundbreaking, but it's like 
when you kind of have a plan of attack, you know where you think the market is wrong. Again, the tight ends and quarterbacks. You don't feel any pressure of taking them early. And you also then don't feel any pressure. Like, like when you say, I'm going to draft a zero RB team, right? It's mm-hmm. like, I got to take all these wide receivers here. You know, yeah. so we would be like, do we take Ridley? I don't really like Ridley. I don't really like Debo, whatever. But when you're when you know that you have this, you know, ace up your sleeve, just take the best player. Take the best running back or the best wide receiver. Move on, you know. I almost want to do the Lamar Jackson thing here. I'm I'm okay doing that. I think that because I'm just so fine with like even if you don't get if you get unstacked Lamar, it's like eh, whatevs. Yeah, it's fine. Like I think it's like real safe. DJ Moore would be another guy that yeah, um, we can take. We can take. We can take Lamar. I haven't built a Lamar team yet, so this will be a little this bit fun. Also, my first Lamar, Lamar team. But he's not going to be Will Fuller. We know he's going to end up somewhere. He is going to play football <laughs> this year. I I can't. I'm not, do... putting, I'm not making any fucking guarantees after Will Fuller last year. <laughs> I have something coming at some point with Will Fuller to uh, cap off the 2022 season. Little <laughs> little tease there. As soon as uh, some weather co- cooperates around here. This is another nice thing David says about about Lamar and why I think he makes more sense than right. Like when you're overpaying for the pocket passer in those those areas, it's like if he's really going to smash, right? If Justin Herbert's really going to smash, some kind of receiver that he's playing with is also probably like if Herbert's going to be worth that pick. You know, it's kind of like Mahomes, right? Mahomes stacks were I know they didn't all totally hit last year, but like why they made sense is if Mahomes is just going to be Mahomes without Tyreek. Guys are going to have good games, and they, they just kind of ping ponged. But like, that's what it is with the pocket passers. With Lamar, it's like I, I, I like single stacking Lamar because he does still have to throw to really access the ceiling. But you don't have to worry about it in these drafts. You know, just if if he falls, you can take him, and that's that. And, and he is the guy that I think is mispriced. We see that Fields and Herbert and Burrow. I think we're all ahead of them in terms of like ADP. They're all clustered, but as soon as Lamar signs, he he shoots up. Like it just yeah. the way that it's going to happen. Um, yeah. So we we talk about like these Bengal stacks, and you see um, Jay Holloman in, in the second spot. He has the Chase Higgins Burrow double, but he had to get him three out of the first four right. rounds <clears throat> to get all of them, and it's just. You really need the Bengals to smash, and they probably will. It's just Burrow in the fourth. Oof, tough, tough scenes at that spot for me. And I, I do think there'll be some interesting conversation. I'm definitely not ready for them yet, but there'll be some interesting conversations over the summer about, you know, so we've seen that we see this play out every year, but we definitely saw this play out this past year where. The guys who were overpriced and even still underperformed relative to how we generally assess fantasy performance can still be the guys you want to have in week 17. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans and such, right? Tom Brady uh, popped off in week 17 and he was shit, honestly, for the whole season in fantasy. I think Burrow kind of falls in that category where I, I'm not going to go out and say I'm absolutely taking zero because he's still Joe Burrow and he's throwing to Jamar Chase and T Higgins. He could be the guy that scores 40 just as he did a couple of years ago in week 17, but it, it changes how much you want to like, right. It changes your portfolio. It doesn't necessarily change. Can I draft any of him? Right. And I, whereas I feel a little bit closer to that, like with Herbert, maybe I'm just being blind to some, 
unseen upside that he has. But like I know Burrow, Burrow does it multiple times a year. It goes out, drops 35, 40. So um it's just how much do I want to draft of him? God, see, I hate this fucking range. Yeah, this range. I don't like gross. it. I don't like any of these fucking guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty gross. Do you do you want to go Jackson Smith or would you be more comfortable going like Aaron Jones here? I don't I don't hate Aaron Jones. Um let, let's do Aaron, let's do Aaron Jones. I don't know that I've drafted him much either, but he's another one where like if you do, you have Lamar, you know you're waiting on the tight ends. Is Aaron Jones, you know, the second round pick that he's been for 5 years or whatever? No. Is is Aaron Jones still like a useful player to have on your fantasy teams? Like yeah, and he he's not some mystery box. You know you're going to get some good games. You know, he's in a timeshare with AJ Dillon and there's Jordan Love concerns, but he's going to be productive. He's just a really good football player. Hmm. All right. So now we have another gross spot here where we're looking at like Trevor Lawrence, which we're not grabbing, but at no. the top of the so Stalin I, Cook. I do like Hollywood still. Um, if we want to running back Javante and Dobbins, Ooh. I like. Do we uh, like Dobbins with the Lamar grab? I'm trying to think through. We're, we're betting on Lamar. Well, let's just do Dobbins because I like him and we only got a few seconds. I like um, Dobbins a lot this year, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming back, he looked he looked real good down the stretch last year. Yeah. I think he's going to get a massive workload. And I think he is one of the guys that is going to shoot up a couple rounds in the draft board by the time we get to the July, August drafts. You're going to see him probably as a third rounder. For so- I just think that's where you're going to see him settle in. So I have been grabbing some Dobbins because because I think the value is tremendous on him right now. Yep. I agree. The Javante stuff. I like Javante. I mean, obviously I like Javante, but that injury, still quite worried about what's going to happen with him for this season. And his price is just so high for that. So I don't know. I'm going to be tiptoeing around him for a little bit. (laughs) Right. The the nice thing is that I, I don't want to say it's like completely priced in, right? He's not like going in the eighth or something like that. But we do a lot of the times, you know, see this guy. Okay, he's gonna start slow, mm-hmm. so everybody, it, you know, the guy that we were drafting in the second round last year, who now doesn't have Melvin Gordon around, um, does have, I believe, Chase Chase Edmonds is still under contract. You know, so maybe that's a little bit of a small concern, but like you're getting the same player in the sixth round now that you were drafting in the second round, theoretically in a better in a better spot, knowing now that you're not going to get probably the peak production for the first month or something like that. But if he can, you know, bounce back, he's way, way underpriced. So he has a really wide range, but that's also why he kind of gets dropped into this zone where we're like. Ugh, like yeah, I don't, I don't like. I'm willing to take them because it's kind of this awkward, awkward range. As opposed to sometimes you got to pay a premium for those guys coming back off injury, and um, it's kind of nice that you don't for him. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's just ugh. I see people in the chat saying that they like Hollywood still this year, and I, I, I do know, too. Man. I, I know I, you I, do. I just Cardinals this year just feel like they're going to be an absolute dumpster fire. He was still he, he was still productive though when Kyler was hurt down the stretch with freaking Colt yeah. McCoy and the and these guys. And now Hopkins is gonna be gone. 
get, you know, a, a little bit of a different, some fresh, you know, um, a situation theoretically should be better. I don't know that it could get much worse than it's been for them in, <laughs> in, in recent years. And Definitely who knows, you know, maybe same thing. Kyler comes back after a short little stretch and Hollywood's just the number one uh, for the Kyler offense. Um, and again, it's in this rank, you know, sixth, seventh round. There isn't much there. We, we talked about the quarterback issues. There, I, there's really no tight ends I really want to take there. So uh, I, I'm pretty cool still taking shots on him. We see Mixon f- free-falling in this draft. And Herzig just grabs him before us. But that was interesting. Are uh, you looking I, at dots in here? I, I, so I want to bring up James Cook. I know that we have three uh, running backs already, but we'll, we'll be able to draft plenty of wide receiver volume. Some of the news about them – really wanting to ramp up his workload lately has me pretty excited about him. Although I do like Dotson as well. Yeah. Um, do you have a- I'm, I'm fine with cook. I just, I think Algier is like super interesting Let's this year. Dotson. And we got a few picks and see if one of the other two guys, what well, we can, uh, they'll both go. Well, now, you, you know, you know how this goes now. Yeah. They're both going to go, but it is- well, I think you can see like the, the big, dividing line there though where cook and algier and then it's sanders and connor right like that's a huge huge dividing line for me yeah because i i i don't really want sanders or i definitely don't want connor this year by any no 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 definitely no connor (laughs) connor's done yeah see there goes kick because we talked about him So we're looking at oh, God. We're looking at a bunch of shit. To be honest with you, I, I think pretty. we should. I think we should just take flowers here. Yeah, because there's not there's, like we we we're obviously we, uh, we got to go to the bag. We have to go to the mystery bag. Yeah, that, but that's <laughs> doing it when it makes sense, right? Like when yeah. there's. I mean, I don't like Miles Sanders. I don't, and I love Miles Sanders was one of my highest owned players last year, but given his uncertainty, and I don't really think that they care to bring him back. It's not like he was that good. Right. Um, I don't think they have any reason to bring him back. We don't want the quarterbacks. No, thank you on Kamara. No, thank you on Connor. I'm I'm not interested really in paying the premium on Evan Ingram. Uh, I know people have brought up Waller. I think we maybe could have done Waller, but again, I, I don't really want to force the tight end just because like, Oh, we don't have one. You know what I mean? Like, let's just keep building up the ru- the running backs and wide receivers and um, taking the best rookie there. I think is totally fine. Yeah. And again, Zay flowers is, although he's a rookie, he is a guy that once he gets drafted, I think he is going up the board as well. A couple of rounds. Time. Like he's, he's going to go in the first round. I think he's going to go in the first round or has a lot better shot to go in the first round than people think. Mm-hmm. And because he wasn't everybody's favorite guy at the very start of like the draft cycle, he's still a little bit low, right? JSN yeah. was a, the expected guy and he's creep. He's obviously crept up, but I think people still haven't quite fully grasped uh, the upside that he brings. Yeah. So I think you're going to see him jump up and draft. So I like taking Zay flowers. There's certain, um, Certain rookies that I still think you can get tons of value on up in these, like uh, Jameer Gibbs was another guy, yeah, that I've been riding up the draft board a little bit when I'm when I'm drafting. But Zay Flowers is another one. 
certain guys, you know, like it's not even just rookies though. It's also guys that are free agents or impending free agents that as soon as they sign, they're going to jump up the draft board. Lamar, even if it's a half around, you're going to see him jump up. So I, I like, I always, that's like my favorite thing to do this time of year is to just get the value on the guys that are going to jump up throughout the, uh, the March and April and May cycle. And, and I think when you combine that with like, God, I, I got to find another a synonym for archetype because I definitely use that term way too much. But like when you combine that with the guys who could rise up, the reason you're targeting them is not just right. I'm not just trying to get closing line value, but it's because if something happens, they are going to be better than what their current cost is. Right. Like, Something could change for Lamar, and now he's not going behind Justin Fields anymore. Like it's silly that he goes behind him anyway, but yep. he's you know he's going to jump these guys because his situation will improve. The uncertainty will go away, right? Same thing for Zay. We're like once Zay goes in the first round to like probably a good offense, you know, he goes in the late first or something. Like what if he goes to the Bills? <laughs> what if, you know what if like like these are realistic outcomes and the floor outcome for a Zay and a Lamar like they're the floor is incredibly high. Like nothing's going to happen to where you don't want them ever on your team. Well, I guess Will the Will Fuller situation for Lamar would be the only one, but that's clearly not that realistic when you combine it with the archetypes that they are right. Young, talented rookie wide receiver. That's like probably a first round pick Lamar Jackson, freaking former MVP, you know, best rushing quarterback almost of all time. When you combine like the archetypes with those guys and you're potentially getting value, it's just those guys are such smashes at this point in the offseason. Okay. I know we didn't want to force. Uh, 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 if we're betting on Garrett Wilson gaining uh-huh. value from a, a Jets move, I also really like uh, Elijah doing the same thing with Elijah Moore. Okay. Well, let's do it. There was something that we could have done and got Elijah Moore, but oh, I see it now. Yep, you've you're right. you've ruined it. Well, that's okay. We'll we'll see. Yeah, I'm sure people are smart enough to figure it out, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if they are. But no, I, I I agree with the Elijah Moore thing. I do Lamar. I know he doesn't like sustain pass catchers. Yada yada yada. New offense that could change. Yeah, Jared Goff in the ninth round. I love it. I love it. I See, love basketball. Sorry, I'm sorry, Toast. <laughs> if you're in here, I apologize. This is not personal. Well, I guess it technically is kind of personal. There goes Waller. I know. Yeah. I know it was Waller that you were um, looking for. I don't mind taking another taking another shot on a rookie wide receiver. No, thank you on John Jamal Williams. Uh, uh, yeah, Jesus. Oof. Yeah, grab downs. I think it's downs. Yeah, I think it's downs. Yeah, Waller. We probably should have. That's that's my that's my fault. Um, probably should have done Waller, and then Elijah Moore. But uh, and Waller isn't like the scenario we were talking about earlier, where we're just trying to uh, fill in the tight end spot. It's Waller just dropped like a round and a half or something like that in this draft. We are kind of and he with, fit. Yeah, he he fit on the team that we're building. It made a ton of sense to grab him there. I was trying to get you to it, but you had already started Elijah Moore. I didn't want us to miss him on that point. For the third year in a row, my eyes got fixated on Elijah Moore, and I couldn't draft anyone else. (laughs) Surely, surely it won't fail this year. Yeah. (laughs) But but for us, you know, it's the it's the Arrested Development. I mean, 
How did it yeah. work out for all those people? Well, it failed <laughs> miserably, but it could work for us. <laughs> oh God. Such a good yes. show. So it toast again. Love you. But like, I know Jared Goff had a good year. We all love the lions, mm-hmm. our lions, but like he's, he's the cheaper, like Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. Like you're just paying because like the uncertainty of, I guess the later guys, right. You're just paying for one year where he was pretty good. But like, even then he wasn't like that amazing for fantasy. He was just like, fine. And you're just paying this crazy premium for, for him. I mean, I feel the same way about Tua. Tua pick 91. Like I was taking Tua last year when he was in the 130s and, yeah. and 140s and stuff. He clearly doesn't have the upside to, you know, win anything really for you. He had one big game, right, against the Ravens or whatever. Like those guys can't win you anything. You're just paying a premium for the the comfiness of picking them, right? They're the well, Dawson Knox of quarterbacks. Yeah, it's also the panic portion of the draft where people are looking at and they don't have the quarterback and they don't want to get locked out and they're grabbing. I don't think like I'm I think Toast is definitely Dennis in the draft and it's not it's not us knocking you. I think it's more a reflection of what the drafts are right now. It's not like you went out of your way to grab him. That's where he's going. Right. And I understand that and just where he's going is probably wrong is is the point it's not a personal attack it's it's what these drafts are and he mentions that he has Amon Ra but like one thing that I think is generally a mistake that people make is forcing like you still have to treat the quarterback as the quarterback Mm -hmm. just because you have one of his teammates it actually doesn't really make the quarterback anymore anymore it feels like it does like, oh, this quarterback's better because I have Amon Ra. It's like, Amon Ra is Amon Ra. We saw this for years, right, with, like, Jimmy G. The, the Niners were always awesome picks and crushed. Debo, like, broke fantasy two years ago. George Kittle has broken fantasy. Ayuk's been great. CMC was great. And the 49ers quarterbacks are still not helpful in, in best ball. Jimmy, you know, Purdy popped up a little bit more, but it was still, it was, like, 20 points or 25 points. You know, Jimmy was posting like 13 fantasy points when they were scoring 40. <laughs> you know, it's like the quarterback doesn't doesn't it's the least important part of the stack is the is the quarterback. So you still need to treat the quarterback a little bit individually. Yep. And we are back on the clock here where we are not seeing any orange. We are only yeah. seeing purple and green yeah, at the top good. of the draft board. Good God! I, I uh, if we're if we're interested in more wide receivers, I actually kind of like Dobbs, the freaking sky again. I'm just gonna any of these running backs that you like though. Do you like Eli Gainwell? Mitchell? I I want to take Gainwell actually. Uh, we had a good conversation maybe last week about Gainwell in the chat, and it, you're paying a little bit for it, but like there is a scenario where he just inherits this lead lead back and again people are like oh well he's but he's never going to be the workhorse like well yeah he goes in the 11th round i'm not betting on him getting 95 percent of the touches but he already was playing on passing downs Mm -hmm. in this offense and he already got a lot more goal line touches than you would ever think for a guy his size it's like so what if he picks up you know 50 percent of what miles sanders did and then and keeps his old stuff like that's a smash on the Eagles. So I want to have a little bit of him. The price is not amazing, but I want to have some of him.
but it's not prohibitive either. Like 11th no. round, we're still, we're still like starting to fire darts at that point. So if we're going to fire a dart, I like firing a dart on what could be the highest scoring offense in the league. Exactly. Right. And a guy that's going to be on the field a ton for them. Um, I almost also, like Sky more more than I like Romeo Dobbs on this. I'm team. totally down to take to take Sky, um, just because that that wide receiver room is such a question mark this year. We do see him get on the field some. I think it's like a low probability bet, but again, Romeo Dobbs feels like a sort of a low probability bet <laughs> yeah. as well. And if of I'm going to bet on the Chiefs or the or the Packers, I'm just going to bet on the Chiefs type of deal. Totally. It's close. It's absolutely close. And I don't hate either. Uh, one of the other, I do like Gibson. I know you have Gibson start. I do yeah. like taking a shot on Antonio Gibson here and there, but after we grabbed Gainwell, I'm glad we went wide receiver there. Yep. Uh, Max sauce is in the chat. I'm pretty sure he's drafting from the five spot and his team has already been thrown out because he drafted David Montgomery in the 11th round. So <laughs> congratulations for playing and goodbye. <laughs> At least when you drafted David Montgomery on the Bears in years past, you knew that like he's gonna play. The you know this is free agent David Montgomery. Like he, he couldn't have been less sexy when he was on the Bears, and now he's gonna land as like a backup. It's like a no, he's he's gonna be Jamal Williams this year. Watch, he's gonna be the guy. He's oh, gonna yeah. go over to the Chargers. Uh, everyone on that freaking team is gonna do all the work. He's gonna land in the end zone. 12 times for you know 700 yards and we're gonna be like why weren't we drafting david montgomery and then we're gonna look at it and be like yeah because he sucked he just he's just fat and he fell in the end zone okay i have it now I, this is it this is what's happening for dave david montgomery he's coming back mm-hmm. to the bears okay. okay but he's gonna he's gonna play in the first preseason game he's gonna everybody else is gonna sit out Right, it's gonna be whoever the fuck the Bears backup quarterback is, right? Everybody else is. We're, we're it's gonna be Josh Jacobs part two. He's coming back. The Bears are gonna improve on offense. He's gonna be the man, and they're just gonna run the shit out of the ball again. But this is like Josh Jacobs, but if they had like a rushing quarterback, you know, like in an awesome rushing rushing offense, he is totally gonna pull a Josh Jacobs on us and just you know, to be fair, Josh Jacobs is a little better than Montgomery, but Montgomery's like not a terrible runner he just runs like a four seven so there's no juice he ran a four seven last year he's gonna run a five (laughs) seven this year (laughs) he is uh yeah uh, fat fat shaming uh i'm we are not above this i will just put that out there yeah definitely no definitely not above this yeah that's not you're not getting um there's there's no safety at this channel also he could be the guy you need in january no he's never been the guy you need in january (laughs) <laughs> you've never needed david montgomery in january this is this is also my favorite that we we make we make fun of it you know he's like oh you guys are you guys are so silly and the furnace mechanism is what if he's the guy you need <laughs> it's like it's like okay like i that's literally what could be my answer for everything best ball related but what but what if he scores three touchdowns in week 17 you're like this guy's a fucking terrible pick well but what if he crushes in week 17 oh yeah you're right like I-, I can't fucking argue with with you when you say what if he's the guy you need in week 17 like sure yeah i guess anybody could be the guy you need in week 17 if that's the argument mm. uh, all right we are coming up you see donta foreman go in the 13th round which i understand and also hate 
Yeah, he was like not getting drafted to start these, and now uh, they what Deuce Staley said like, oh, it's a priority. Deuce Staley's the running back coach. It's not like he makes the fucking decisions on who is coming back. But they he kind of had a quote that like you know they they need to bring Foreman back or want to bring Foreman back or whatever. And so now everybody's like rushing to draft him, which is very sad because I love Foreman and I liked him when he was going you know in the nineteenth round. Uh. Deuce Staley is a guy that we would have loved in best ball 20 years ago. <laughs> People would have been all about Deuce Staley so long ago. God, I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> do, how many people in the chat even do you think even remember Deuce Staley playing football? I think I think we have a, a an audience that is fairly similar to us in terms of age and such. Herzig <laughs> uh, just took Zeke right in front of us. Um God, Speaking Zeke of old and fat, one, in the one, <laughs> yeah, I, I will. Zeke is the the reason why we do fat shaming on this on this channel. Uh, any of these guys that I have in the in the uh, queue here, I don't really want to take Derek Carr. To be totally honest with you, um, uh, do you want to take a shot on Shark? Yes, going somewhere. Yeah, I like it. Just I like his skill set, and he's like the best free agent wide wide receiver, yeah. which is sickening to say out loud, but he, he probably is the prize of the class. Did you see – so it might have been more like localized here, but they were talking about what Jacoby Myers might get uh, for a contract, and I and I vomited my entire ride to work mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that they're saying he's going to get the Christian Kirk deal. And I'm like, it's Jacoby Myers. <laughs> like, what are we doing? What is, yep. what is happening right now? It's crazy. All right. Um, oh, Meyer went. Okay, so – Oh, I like Harris. I, I like Damian Harris. I also like Gasicki. I don't think either of them come back to us. Gasicki also a free agent at tight end, um, and I like him in like these, you know, punt tight end builds. Grab grab Gasicki then, because we are We're pretty, pretty at stacked running. at running back for the yeah. most part. And I think this is a good spot to kind of start dipping your toes into those tight ends, right? It's where yeah. Meyer scroll, but Meyer. I don't know about Taysom, but if you like Taysom. Um, Obviously, Gasicki. Uh, again, don't really love Higby, but if 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 you like Higby and and want to include him in these types of bills, I think that's fine too. Uh, Everett, I think, is probably going to get cut, um, so he's probably my least favorite here. But then again, you get into McBride and Johnson and Hurst and all that. I think it's a really good range for the tight ends. Did I just see Kenny Pickett in the thirteenth round? Like, is he's just a guy that's not on my just not on my radar? So when I saw it, I was Odell Beckham. Oh my god, what are we doing, people? What are we doing? What is happening here? I understand that like like times are tough and there's not a lot of great values and picks around, but this is a uh, a very interesting collection of players. <laughs> Obviously, just you know, you can't really screw up the 101, but then you get, you know, 40-year-old running back in the second round, but then we go back to a young guy, another reasonably young guy, Judy. Then we got to jump to Dalvin, another <laughs> old as shit. Running back, old as shit, Mike Evans. Oh, then rookie. And yeah. Kirk Cousins, you know, the least appealing mid-range quarterback of all time. Dalton Schultz, shit tight end, who's a free agent. Uh, I mean, if he goes back to Dallas, obviously, I think he's fine. But uh, at Russ, and then back to rookie Bryce Young, and then on to <laughs> a cripple. You know, you know, the guy who hasn't touched the football field in two years or whatever. Very interesting collection of, of players there. Yeah, Odell is the definite... 
guy and i loved odell when he was younger but he's definitely the guy that's going to sign with a team and wash out by the middle of the season and just be completely done with football <laughs> right um yes a hundred a hundred percent he might even be the patented the patriots bring in like this old superstar name to camp almost every year and then like they just never make the team and they end up retiring like there was reggie wayne and yeah. there was like um, I think we had Ocho Cinco here for a camp. Ocho Cinco, yep. Mm-hmm. Right, like, and they just never end up making the team. So maybe Odell will come here for camp for like two weeks and then just retire. Is... Od- Odell is, remember all the Julio discourse last mm-hmm. summer? Everybody just pounding the table. No offense to you, using the same uh, uh, reasoning that you were using earlier. Once he signs, imagine not taking julio in the 18th once he signs he's going to go up to like the 10th round which of course he did and unfortunately the problem with that equation is that it doesn't matter how much you rise if you can't score any fantasy points and you're old as shit and you know you you can't stay on the field and that's what odell is uh, Listen, you know me, me and Corrine will always have that moment on stream together where <laughs> we victory lap the shit out of julio <laughs> jones we were we were on stream when it happened and we were both so happy and you can't take that away from me and pat is all oh I'm my god say. we told you once he landed on the bucks it's a smash and the motherfucker yeah. caught like 14 passes on the entire season yeah but they're a great 14 passes <laughs> really good yeah really good for a, <laughs> really good for a 50 year old out there I, I do gotta say yeah i can't i cannot get over the current qb adp it's it's so gross <laughs> you guys are uh, disgusting for taking these players. <laughs> this did make me laugh too. Zeke is uh, duh, at 153 is so cheap for a hyper fragile. That's true. It's definitely very fragile when you. There's all there's uh, a lot of hyper fragile in that build. <laughs> yes, yes. I think if Zeke's on the team, it's uh, it's instantly hyper fragile because uh, he's fat and out of shape. And yeah, there's one donut anymore. away from breaking the fragile scale that he's standing on. <laughs> exactly. I like. Uh, uh, I don't totally love Jordan Love, but um, Richardson and Howell here, I, I do really like. I think that they're two of my favorite late round. We got Dotson, right? Uh, yes, we do. Let's do that. So let's, let's do, do Howell. Howell. Howell to pair with Dotson. And that, we're pretty good. I mean, Lamar and Howell is pretty sexy. Yeah, at, I like uh, that. Quarterback. And I know some people, I think it was in the Discord also, um, mentioned, which if you're not in the Spike Week Discord, 100% free crazy sicko best ball community literally just grinding uh conversation about best ball in fe- year round february march doesn't matter what time of year you want to talk best ball that is the place to be and there were some you know people brought up because i really like cal and just the fact that you know he's gonna get the first shot is kind of what they said right uh they didn't say like oh we're guaranteeing he's our starter in week one I think that's mostly just a formality. They don't have a lot of avenue. Unless, like, are they really going to do the veteran retread thing again that they keep that they keep trying? Like, what's the point of that? So, um, this late, I think Hal makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm going to star one of my favorite rookie running backs, Kendra, but I also think Penny is decent. I was going to bring up Penny, but if you like Kendra Miller, I am fine because I think our build allows us to take the shots on the rookies here. Yeah, we're pretty good. Woody TM Jones, Dobbins, Gainwell. I I like Penny and I like a lot of these running backs back here, but Penny is like strictly a contingent play, right? Yeah. You you need him to Penny has oddly went from 
backing up Chris Carson and being a contingent play to then smashing and being the starter in front of Ken Walker. And now he's backing up Ken Walker. And in the same scenario, we saw him two years ago. And we, I mean, all he does is produce when he's out there. It's just that he's really just a contingency play. And so he makes a lot of sense. I mean, Kendra makes sense in, in plenty of builds too, but I think Kendra has the outs to like week one starter on a good team. And he's just all right. He's just awesome for fantasy whereas penny doesn't really have that so i think with our team i like the kendra swing but i I like penny too so it's not anything negative about him yeah i think we could have went either way with this team because we do have the power to uh to start off the season riding some of the other guys and then hope penny just kind of gets on the field a little bit more um we're starting to see some of these tight ends go we see bellinger Jawan johnson dalton kincaid in the 16th round which is where we need to start thinking about. There's so many guys still. I'm just like still so fine with tight end. I'm gonna like use just... some of these my favorite guys. A little concerned about who I, I, I have no idea who it's going to be in Dallas if Schultz leaves. So that's you know that's like part of the concern is not only does Schultz need to leave, you need to nail who it is, and uh, we saw that with Jarwin versus Schultz. Um, you know, pe- people will tell you that again, pound the table and say they knew that it was going to be Schultz, but it was, you know, it's probably more like 60, 40 Schultz or 70, 70, 30 Schultz. Um, you do this. So it's easy, stream, Eric. easy, to, <laughs> easy, to, easy to get wrong. But uh, look, we, the 20 round drafts, we can only spend, <laughs> we can only spend a few minutes talking before we get to the 20 round drafts. Cause they take yeah. goddamn forever. They take so, so long. But it's fun. It's fun to talk through it. It's fun to trash on all these shit teams I'm seeing these guys draft. Exactly. It's also fun, old it's also fun to spend that 30 minutes talking about how you love late-round quarterback and letting you talk me into a fucking quarterback with the 39th overall pick. It was my game plan all along. <laughs> <laughs> I do like this team, though. No, it's Lamar is the guy in that range, though. Mm-hmm. Like, He's the guy in that fifth round range to grab, in my opinion. Um, I think he's the only one to grab in that range. Yes, I agree. And we talked like, about that too. Yeah, so it's not like it's not like I'm, uh, uh, you know, it, the DFS touts that uh, you know tell you this is their favorite stack, and they end up underweight on them. We we didn't we didn't do one of those. Oh, any of baby, these? We are not those are guys. Any, <laughs> no, we just tell you to play MVS in DFS every week and. <laughs> Get it right once. They <laughs> got off a fucking Super Bowl or the AFC Championship game or whatever it was. Um, I really like Pierre Strong. I don't know how your Patriots fandom feels about him or one of the tight ends. Um, I like Pierre Strong. Um, and then do, just pound do, tight end. Let's do him. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay, got it. And then yeah, we got tight end and one one uh, luxury pick. And uh, what are we at here? Two six eight. There will definitely be three, and then we can toss that last pick into any of the running back, wide receiver, or tight end buckets, pending how we feel here. Uh, what do you like? Have... What do you, who do you like in these tight ends? Amongst these tight ends, I like likely, um, especially with Lamar, right? Because there's a chance that he does go back to Baltimore, and I just think likely has a chance of being the top guy there. I, I know it's not the. God damn it, I hate his last name. 
it's not the most likely outcome, but I think it is a possibility even with Mark Andrews there. It's like, and even he doesn't have to be is the other thing. He can still be a very productive player for them. Mm-hmm. So I, I like likely a lot. Um, I'm totally cool with likely. The nice thing that uh, about likely is there are probably thin paths, but there are paths to some usefulness. Stand some useful standalone value. Small, you know, not anything crazy. But it's also possible that they do, you know, if they if they're not able to add wide receivers, I mean, shit, you. They need somebody that can catch some passes, and he's clearly, you know, I guess third after definitely after Andrews and then Bateman. He, he proved that he was good last year, so theoretically there could be some real standalone value. But like, we never—I don't want to say we never. Rarely does the industry ever consider the contingent value for something like a tight end, and he has probably the he has probably some of the best contingent value of any player in fantasy football. Yes. Given 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 what he becomes as a tight end if something happens to Andrews. So like I don't we were know. He, loading him in DFS like on certain weeks this past year. We were just 100. like, yep, just taking likely. That's it. It was week eighteen he went for hundred yards. He caught like 10 passes or or whatever. And he was like 3K and he was like not monstrous chalk. It's like, I don't know what it is about likely that people just aren't a fan of or something like that. But like I, would, I had a shit DFS year to be to be clear. But week 18 was really good. And he was probably like the reason he's like 15 percent owned. And I'm like, what did, did I miss? I'm like, did I miss something? Like, why is he not the stone chalk? And he had like 15 targets. So like that's what you, but that's what you see if, if something happens to Andrews. He's like the focal point of the passing of the passing game. And like that just doesn't exist that tight end certainly not in the you know 16th 17th 18th round we have uh mac in the chat saying not gonna lie though your guys tight tight end room is ass (laughs) spoiler alert everybody's tight end room is ass because this position (laughs) sucks nobody has a good tight end room it doesn't exist there are 11 teams that didn't draft travis kelsey and all of your tight ends (laughs) everybody's tight ends suck you some people just paid more for their stuff yeah that, I mean, that's what we've been talking about. Um, any chance Hunter Henry has positive regression with better OC with experience? Yeah, um, especially since they don't have any wide receivers on the team right now. <laughs> it's Taekwon. I think Taekwon Thorne's the only guy signed to the roster right now. If I is remember. Devontae? I can't. I can't remember about. Dev- I know obviously Jacoby Myers was a free agent. I can't remember with Bourne and Devontae and stuff. But like, the only one that you care about is is Taekwon and. Yeah, I, I think Hunter Henry is another – he's a good pick back here, I think. Yeah. He's a really good pick, and just, so just another guy. And, like, same thing. There's no risk on Hunter Henry. I mean, he might suck, but, like, Hunter Henry in the 17th round, he's going to play. He's going to be out there. So, like, there's really no risk on him. It's it's kind of like all profit. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, I do like Hunter Henry this year. Uh, I wasn't super excited about them bringing back Bill O'Brien as the OC, but he's still a million times better than what they were rolling out there with Matt Patricia and freaking Joe Judge last year. Like, how you have the Three Stooges doing your OC duties is just absolutely asinine to me. Ugh. Yeah, it, it's just gross. We see Albert Ogo in the 19th round, another guy that I wouldn't mind taking a swing on. 
Don't do it, Herzig. You. All right. There's going to be some bad words said to Herzig. If well, we got to take Henry now, absolutely got to take Henry now. I yeah. think I, I like Conklin as well back here. I think we took Conklin on the the last one. Another kind of jet Jets play. We also are a little loaded up on Jets. We probably don't need another Jet, but he, he's a similar guy back here. Like, I mean, I, I honestly haven't reviewed Tyler Conklin's um, contract, but my guess is he's going to be there. He's going to be the tight end for the Jets. Pretty productive player. And we're betting on all these other Jets, so why would we not bet on the tight end, the the shittiest position? He, I, I think he's a pretty good pick. Like Hunter Henry in the nineteenth round, like mm-hmm. Tyler Conklin, the starting tight end for what could be an Aaron Rodgers offense. Like, there's just a lot of guys to, that you can siphon through back here. Do you want to do the four, or do you? Is there somebody you want to take a flyer on elsewhere? I mean. I do, I don't like Jarek McKinnon, but twentieth round Jarek McKinnon. I was there's a couple of running backs. Jerome Ford. Like. I like Jerome Ford I, of the twentieth. I, yeah. I Jerome Ford is a is a guy that I'm like that, that motherfucker. Jerome Ford goes. Um, so we don't need to talk about him. We can, we can take. We, I mean, we can take McKinnon. It is kind of crazy that McKinnon is back here. I mean, it's not like a guy that I'm going out of my way to draft, but when we can get him as our last pick, He's the last I don't know. Pick. Like, let's just take him. Uh, how do you not really... take? How do you not take Jerick McKinnon? I haven't really taken him because, yeah, again, at once, Jesus Christ, these guys are fucking nuts. One seventy six is like. Okay, maybe a little steep for like we don't even know if he's going to be on the team. We, you know, I, I don't know what's going to go on with Mickey. But in the twentieth round, yeah, we saw the ceiling. Yeah, he, he's dropping thirty <laughs> fantasy points every week. Like, uh, give me you know, one of those games in the twentieth yeah. round. In the twenty, yeah, in the twentieth round, be like, uh, okay, I'm in, I'm in for that in the twentieth. We see Herzig go to the dead body pile and take Allen Robinson. <laughs> This is funny. You guys won't go five, <laughs> five tight ends. It's true. I'll be honest. A lot of the times, I would have considered the the other tight end here. I don't hate like Musgrave and Washington and stuff, but usually some of those other guys are still there. The Conklins and you know a lot of the a lot of the right like Henry Conklin. You might be able to get four of Alberto, right? Ferguson. A lot of those guys are there still in the twentieth. A lot of the times, and they weren't in this draft, and so I'm like. Eh. Musgrave, fine, but like I don't know. I think we're better off with Gasicki, likely, and Henry. I think it's a pretty good blend of tight ends too. I also think that the um, Henry thing kind of goes to what we were talking about earlier. And you know, although I am a Patriots fan, I usually don't advocate for advocate for them <laughs> on fantasy stuff for very good reason. But when you can get Henry and you can get Mac Jones, super duper late, get that stack like towards the back end. I don't hate doing something like that as like when you're doing late, if you're doing a double late round QB tight end build that that's kind of an easy way to play that, that situation as well. Yep. I totally agree. Um, I can pull up the team really quickly and we can run through it and then uh, we'll get out of here. So after saying, I don't want to draft any early quarterbacks, we went with Lamar. As our as our QB one, Sam Howell as our QB two, pretty fun running back room. I'll be totally honest with you: Travis Etienne, Aaron Jones, J.K. Dobbins, Kenneth Gainwell, Kendra Miller, Pierre Strong, and Jarek McKinnon. It's kind of funny because like it's a lot of like veterans, but 
you know, outside of Jones and, and McKinnon are quite old, but it's like, I think that there's a lot of ways you can go with these types of backs and stuff. You can sprinkle in, right. You want to take that. Maybe you like Kamara or something like that, or Mixon. there are people pushing for Mixon. You can sprinkle in those veteran backs. It's just not making them a staple and then finding ways to build in, right? Toss your Kendra in there. ETN, I think has a ton of upside Dobbins, et cetera. You can really blend some pretty sick running back rooms together right now. And then wide receiver Devonte Adams was our first round pick. Garrett Wilson was our second round pick One with Jahan went quite a while without another wide receiver, mm-hmm. but I really like Dotson. I like Dotson's price and obviously stacking him up with Howell is pretty fun. Save Flowers, Elijah Moore, Josh Downs, Sky Moore, and DJ Chark. Again, a really fun blend. Couple rookies, Garrett Wilson breakout, but like the dependability of Devante, right? The uh, I think Garrett Wilson's actually pretty dependable too. Lots of upside shots, but like just enough of of I think Dotson's like dependable, even though he's only a second year guy. So he's like upside with a little bit of floor as well. And then our late round tight ends, Mike Gesicki, who I really like. Um, as a free agent, again, if anybody didn't know, he is a free agent. And so I think he's got a really good chance to land somewhere and be the Evan Ingram or something like that of of this year. Isaiah Likely, who we talked through a lot, and Hunter Henry, who we talked through a lot. Another pretty fun blend, I think, of tight ends. So I really like this team, even though we spent a third-round pick or whatever on a, on a quarterback. Yeah, but, I mean, the thing with Mike Gusecki, too, is you know wherever he's going, he's being brought in to be a pass catcher. Like, that's who Mike Gusecki is. He is a pass-catching tight end. He will be going to a team that needs a pass-catching tight end. And don't be shocked if you see him go to – I mean, we don't want him to get buried there, but he could go to the Chiefs. They could run a lot of two tight end sets and, and like, play Kelsey, Gusecki together or, you know, Gray, Gusecki, and rest Kelsey somewhat. It's just he's going to go to a team that's going to use his skills – and it's it's gonna be he might even go to the Jets. Who knows? I mean, that's the thing, is it's it's the mystery box, right? Anything yep. anything can happen with Mike Kosicki, but like you said, because of what his he has a very specific skill set. He, he he's the Liam Neeson, I guess. Uh he has a very specific skill set that if someone adds him, they're gonna use him as as the receiver, right? He's been kind of uh miscast in Miami um a little bit there. So um, we are going to get out of here. Uh, apparently, oh, my God. I wish I could show you these goddamn psychopath dogs. But it's time <laughs> to get out of here. They got too much energy. It's time for a walk or something. Tomorrow, a little bit of a special Friday show because we, it's been a little bit of a chaotic week in terms of some of the shows. I want to make sure um, we're with you guys. Tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central, the real time zone. I'm going to do a a stream where instead of you guys are getting every stream under the sun, every YouTube channel under the sun is, is talking through the rookies, right. And quarterback rankings and all that different stuff. And the the draft and the combine, we're going to do a little bit of something different. This is the best ball sicko community. We're going to talk about kind of the state of best ball, the future of best ball. Uh, Where's best ball headed. What is the summer going to look like? What are the next few years going to look like? So if you have any questions, comments, feedback, any anything else that uh, that was quick that you did that by the way any any anything that you want to bring and kind of discuss about best ball as an industry 1 p.m eastern tomorrow that's when we'll be doing that anything else that you got before we get out of here no i'm excited to draft more teams i am i gonna throw this at you on stream 
I kind of want to do the offensive rankings again, like we did last February. I know it's March, but doing that exercise really helped me like walk through teams a few times during the year and just kind of like get perspective on each situation. So I kind of want to do that again. What we should do is do if we do it early, come do it back after draft and free agency and just do one show where we just kind of we don't have to break every team down but be like okay this team was at the top yeah because are we expected right like the jets might be at the top yeah but like what if they don't get any of these quarterbacks you know then they they'll plummet and just kind of talking through how our expectations have shifted i think it's a good idea yeah i agree but yeah that's it for me otherwise all right guys thank you this was a ton of fun and uh I will see hopefully most of you tomorrow. If not, make sure you are in the discord and we got lots and lots more content coming. We'll see you guys later.